It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Now, a show for anyone who is or has a boss. This is The Boss Show with Jim Hessler and Steve Matenko. I'm Jim Hessler. I'm the business guy. I'm the founder of Path Forward Leadership Development and the author, along with my uh, radio partner uh, of the book, Land on Your Feet, Not on Your Face. And I'm Steve Matenko. I'm the psychology guy. I'm an executive coach in Seattle and now also in Mexico. And you are listening to the last, the finale of the show for anyone who is or has a boss, a show we've been doing in some form for about eight years now on various platforms in the Seattle area, uh, podcast and on-air platforms. This is our last show for Como and our last show period for the boss show, um, at least in this iteration. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very unlikely to to uh, to join future iterations of the Boss Show for reasons that I'll be very transparent about about later in the show. Jim may continue the show in uh, well, one that, way or another. And that's generally going to be good news for the listening public. That I'm leaving. They, they always like me better than you anyway. So. <laughs> oh, delusions. So there's, there's part Aren't of the people just shooting their arms up in the air saying, yeehaw. See, this is the major reason I'm leaving the show. It's your delusionality which is increasing as you become more and more senile. No, I'm, I'm I'm laughing through some very kind of uh, melancholy, sentimental feelings about this uh, this show that we're doing right now because eight years. Eight years is a long time to do anything. Yeah, it is. Although I just had my 41st wedding anniversary. so That's a uh, really long yeah. time. I'm glad you and I haven't been doing the show for 41 years. But it's... Yeah, we'd be, it's, we'd have strangled each other yeah, long ago. It's something worth reflecting on. And, and so that's what we intend to do today is, is reflect on our experience of doing the show and maybe some of the things we've learned and some of the things that launch us into the into the future. Uh, yeah. And, and just a little teaser. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to kind of reflecting on w- what we've learned, what we've gotten out of doing the show, and also why we're ending the show, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about first. Um, but a little teaser for the very end of the show. Stay with us, because if you are a regular listener to The Boss Show, you know that we always end with the phrase, don't forget, rule number six. We have never on air explained what rule number six is. I've, I don't know about you, Jim, but I've been... Um, pretty um pretty guarded when even when anyone asks me what rule number six is, i refer I, them to I the like internet to <laughs> yeah there you go yeah i've done exactly the yeah, same thing yeah. we will tell you toward the end of the show what rule number six is we'll tell you the story that goes along with it and we'll also tell you why we think it's important and i will uh, personally i'm going to tell you why i think the punchline sucks and uh, why uh, why it deserves a better punchline all that coming up but first let's talk about why this is the finale why yeah. we're ending the show jim you want to start? Well, it, you know, it, it, it's several things, um, as these decisions usually aren't just a single cause. But um, it, you, we may have shared with you, Steve, you live in Mexico now and uh, almost full time. You come back to Seattle frequently, but not not frequently enough for us to feel comfortable about doing this show in the studio together. And there are other teams on the radio that do remote shows, but um I, I frankly am not comfortable with that. And I, I thought if we weren't in the same room doing the show together, we would lose something really significant from the show. Um, so the logistics became problematic. Um, but also, I think more importantly, I think there's reasons that 
you have that are probably more important to talk about or, or at least as important? Yeah, if it weren't for Mexico, I think I'd continue doing the show. Mm. But there's a big piece that you and I have discussed via email. Um, I've always been somewhat uncomfortable with the notion of being an expert my entire life. I've been somewhat uncomfortable with the notion. I mean, on radio, uh, if you're not doing a call-in show, which we've never, which we actually thought about doing and, and never been able to kind of put together, um, it's it's much more difficult than you might think to create a show that's a, that's a call-in where you get live callers. You need hundreds of thousands of listeners, yeah. literally, to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't have hundreds of thousands. Yeah. I think we have uh, probably 99,999. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've always had difficulty uh, in the role of expert um, for reasons that um, I'll talk about a little bit after the break. But it, it's... But I've always felt a little bit out of integrity in talking into a radio microphone at people that I can't see. Yeah, we are uh, exploring a future for The Boss Show. If any of you have uh, ideas on that, uh, please uh, send it to, to uh, talk to us at thebossshow.com. Uh, Steve will not be continuing, and, and Steve has just uh, previous to the break shared uh, one of kind of the guiding uh, ideas behind why he, he doesn't feel comfortable with it anymore. You know, Steve, I, I, I think from the very beginning of the show, um, I always uh, felt more confident about having something to say mm-hmm. and more confident in the role and com- uh, comfortable, I'll say, with the role of being an expert. And, you know, you and I, I don't think we're entirely on the same page about this. I, I think, uh, you know, I think you're probably... Um, spinning in and around yourself a little bit too much on that issue. I, I think there's a role for experts in the world. And maybe it's maybe you agree with that, but you, oh, just yeah, don't, I do feel, agree you with don't feel comfortable in that role yeah, yourself yeah. personally. Yeah, it's not the role so, that so I'm why, called. So why do, you, why do you think that is? Uh, tell us more about that. Um, I think what it really goes back to, and it, it, this is... This, is interesting to me because it gets to the to to the real source of who I see myself and who I've always seen myself to be. Um, what has um, <laughs> the source of my adolescent identity crises um, was my need for a level of connection with other people that was uh, frankly more kind of stereotypically feminine Mm -hmm. than masculine so as a high school when I was in high school um, I realized that what that you know when people asked me what I lived for it was um, the it was the depth of relationship that was possible to have with another human being I felt this way at like 14 15 years old now I, I got to say, so did I. Mm. I, I. I made the huge mistake in 1974 uh, at a post-game party of my varsity basketball team of telling the guys on the team that I loved them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and how did they respond? Not to well. That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, but I mean, you're. Uh, your style is different from mine. We've mm. talked about that yeah. a lot on the show. I, you know, like to talk about it a little more mm. today. Um, it just in terms of kind of what we learned from each other mm. in doing the show, which we'll get to in a later segment. But you go about it in different ways than I do. Um, no question. Yeah, and and I can't. I mean, it's just obvious that when you're standing front talking into a microphone, I can make a connection with you, but I can't make a connection with the people out there who are listening. And if I'm giving them information, if I'm transmitting information to them, conveying information to them, I can't 
I don't know. The, uh, I don't know each listener. I don't know how it's res- how they're responding. I don't know how it's landing in them, and so I can't know how effective my communication is. And which is why I'm so drawn to something like coaching or a workshop, like a leadership workshop setting, where you're making eye to eye contact, eye contact with people, and 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 you know you can see body language and and facial expression, and you're actually making a real human dialogue connection uh, and all that's missing from the radio show i think I, I think in my case i just imagine that that's the case mm. when i'm on the radio but how could but but yeah it just doesn't fit for me because it's mm. all one directional yeah it's all it's all going out, and I don't know what's coming back. Yeah, I mean, if so I, I don't know if I'm being helpful. If I have a regret about the the boss show, it's that we've ne- never been able to get the level of interaction between us and the listeners yeah. that we wanted. Right. And uh, we know they're out there. We know there's you know thousands of people listening to the show and the podcast, and um, and we we've never been able to. Get, most people who listen to radio and podcasts don't interact with the with the people doing the podcast. So you're, you know, you're right. There's a, there's an uncertainty about what you're saying and how it's landing and whether it's making a difference. And I think what you've challenged me about is because, you know, one way, one way that I've hugely valued your input in my life is your affirmation of how I show up um, in leadership development that settings. That you do have something, that, that you, you do have something, something worth offer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's, you know, if, if there's a kind of leftover uh, self, uh, you know, lack of confidence. It doesn't feel, I did have a, you know, huge lack of confidence when I was young, as you know, um, doesn't feel that way so much anymore, but um, maybe there's something uh, of that operating in the background as well. You know, I, I think we've probably been fairly clear at this point that the decision to uh, not do the show in this iteration is uh, frankly largely coming from you more, more than from me. Um, Although you did agree it, I did. that it's time I, to... I, I did. And I, and I you know, there, there's a sense after eight years, you know, that you, something either needs to change in the format or, or, or whatever. So, you know, that, that that's there. But it's a little bit interesting to me that we have this uh, business guy, psychology guy dichotomy in our backgrounds and our personalities. And I think that that's part of what's showing up. I had a very interesting comment from a, a joint... A client of ours recently, we were doing um, some work together, uh, as we often do. And by the way, we're a great team in the classroom as well. And somebody uh, came up and said, um, "When I'm when I'm in the room with Steve, it's more of a it's more of an academic process. It seems like it comes from this well of understanding of human nature and and study and understanding." Um, psychology and he said um when you're in the room it's a more visceral experience (laughs) (laughs) and i think you know i think he was being a little kind there because i i think you know what he was referring to is uh, um i i don't i don't think i follow structures and plans Mm -hmm. and agendas nearly as well as you do and it's a it's a little bit of a uh well it, it it can be a at its worst, a goat rodeo when I'm in charge, <laughs> and at its best, I don't think I knew and, that term. And it's and it's and its best, it's this untethered kind of exploration, curious mm-hmm. exploration of the world, and without the constraints, the unnecessary constraints. So I'm always trying to find the middle ground there, and and I think um, I think 
you, we've moved towards each other in, yeah. that, in that respect. I mm-hmm. think you've moved towards a more spontaneous approach to being in front of people generally. And I've probably moved uh, closer, um, in some cases by necessity, to, to something that's more structured than what I would do on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think we've moved toward each other also in the, co- in, in the um, context of this room. Absolutely. This studio, yeah. um, I think we're we're closer personally because of no recording these shows together yeah. for over eight years. Um, you know, we've we had some um, challenges. We've always had some personal challenges between us because of our difference in styles. Um, and I think in sharing those challenges and being truthful with each other, we've yeah, no great relationship exists without that I think you know yeah. I I think the one thing that I wanted to say you know in terms of helping people understand maybe the experience that I've had at least on this show is you you think a radio show is about talking to people really for me Steve it's been much more of an exercise in listening hmm. yeah and I think you've gotten much better yeah at and listening you've, and you've helped me do that so you you know I've heard this about acting you know, you think acting is about learning your lines, mm-hmm. and and acting is really learning how to listen to the other right. actors in the room. Right, and you took an improv class. I did. Yeah. Um, that I think, uh, you know, significantly helped yeah. your, um, you know, your ability to interact well with me on the show. Yeah. So it's, I, I think that, you know, we, I think you, there's a tendency to peop, for people to think that, you know, we, we come in here and we know exactly what we're going to say and how we're going to say it. Well, that that's not good radio. <laughs> you know? right. um, and so there has to be some spontaneous leadership uh, generally. I want to just say that you just all heard something historic. You've actually it's, never I, said I, a I word actually wrong. never made a mistake on this show until just now. <laughs> so, well, I can't I can't even recreate what I tried to, <laughs> what I said. It was spontaneous. Something it sounded like a cross yeah. between Italian and Hebrew or something. I was trying yeah. to say spontaneity. Yeah. So, uh, and those mistakes are what happens when yeah. you are v- spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spontane. Whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come towards each other. Which I've, is why you're so much yeah. better at being the expert on radio yes, than I am, because yes. you never make mistakes, except for that one, which is, I think, the reason we're and, and ending this and the first version ru- of the, the show. the first rule of leadership, as we've often taught, is the leader never makes never mistakes. Never makes mistakes, right. right. Yeah. I, was, I was just reading recently that the, uh, the, the, the school children in North Korea actually learn that King John Un learned to drive at the age of three and has written the six greatest operas ever written. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? That's leadership, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. And everybody knows it. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, if you if you put, posit yourself as a talking head on the radio, um, it can be pretty easy to start uh, diving into your own dogma and start believing mm-hmm. what comes right. out of your mouth. Right. You know, uh, I, I mean, and we've been talking about, um, we've t- been talking maybe too much about why we're ending the show, and we spend a fair amount of time talking about my discomfort with being an expert, which um, I, I I don't, I, you know, I, w- I want to stop talking about that. But I also want to, I want to talk about what we've gotten out of the show, mm-hmm. which is considerable. And what you just said um you know, the kind of the listening and learning, the opportunity to do that, it has been one of the things that's really kept me going. Um, being willing, I mean, 
prepping for the show, although I've done a lot more of it than you have because <laughs> you don't need to so much. Um, you're it's a, much it's more, a more comfortable It's a more visceral up. experience. It's a more visceral right? experience with you. <laughs> um, but, um, but prepping for the show has been a, you know, a great boost for me I, because it has kept me, um, kept me learning about leadership and about the workplace in ways that not having done the show, you know, I wouldn't have been so motivated to do. So, Well, I, I, I think that's an important point, Steve, because we, we teach uh, what I believe you would call or we facilitate <laughs> a facilitative approach to leadership. We, we teach that leadership is about listening. It's about starting conversations. It's about uh, bringing out the collective wisdom. And I think even just between the two of us, there's been that element of, of facilitating a conversation with each other. Um, and I think that's when we're at our best is when we hear something from the other person on the air that challenges us or or causes us to to question an assumption we made or something yeah. like that. And I think that's the, the, when the show's at its best. Yeah, I agree. And I, we've talked a lot about that. And, and Kevin Dodrell, our sound engineer, has has affirmed that, that although I've gotten so much out of interviewing really interesting people mm-hmm. like uh, Rick Hansen, who wrote Hardwiring Happiness, and Howard Bihar, who's the retired international president of Starbucks and one of the founding forces in, in making Starbucks what it is, and Andrew McMasters, the yep. improv guy. Yep. I mean, it's been so much fun to interview these people. It's been such a source. And of course, not wanting to be the expert, it's, you know, it's, right. that's more You can pawn that off me. on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we've we believe and and I think Kevin has agreed with us and other people maybe too that when it's just the two of us in the studio batting things back and forth um it's it just maybe it's more interesting more energized show and I've learned so much from you as a result um of these conversations we've had over well, the years well and there's a lesson there right which is uh, so many business people tend to think that you know getting in a room and just talking is is a waste of time Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know a lot yeah. of people who fundamentally believe that to be the case, that, that we should just be doing stuff. We shouldn't be standing around talking. And yet great conversation in which both parties are committed to listening to each other and suspending their ego, as you've talked about very eloquently on recent shows. Um, it, it's it's profoundly uh, uh, effective from a leadership perspective. And so to that extent, I think we've practiced what we preach on the show. One of the things we want to do, and we want to get to that uh, rule number six story in just a minute, but we want to each leave you with a question uh, to ponder. Uh, And my question is this, what does your leadership look like in the 21st century? We have an overcrowded planet, overheated planet. Uh, We have uh, great possibilities, uh, uh, positive possibilities as a species and great dangers as a species. And leadership has never been more important in the history of humanity than it is right now. So I just ask all of our listeners to to say, what is it that I can and need to be doing in this world that needs me so desperately? That's so well said. Um, just amen to that. Um, I can't emphasize that enough. I can't put as much of a, I, I can't put enough of an exclamation point on no. it as which in the phrase you like to use. And you know what? My question is exactly the same as mm. your question, but it's very different. Mm. But it gets to exactly the same place. And, and that is, what will your dying self 
have wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. There's from any number of perspectives, any number of teachings. Uh, the deathbed exercise is one of the most crit- critical exercises that you can do to determine what's important for you. So when you're on your deathbed, um, you know it's often said that when we're on our deathbed, we don't talk about we wish we had accomplished one more thing, made more money. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talk about um, relationships yep. and the impacts we could have had on people. Amen. Thank um, you for that. So rule number six, uh, in case you've been wondering, this came from, I, it's on the internet. It came from, uh, well, I first encountered it in a book called The Art of Possibility, which is a fabulous leadership book by Ben and Rosamond Zander. Class, um, classical music conductor. Yeah. Ben Zander. Yep. Yeah. Great book. Great book. Great book. And, um, and, he, and here's rule number six. Two CEOs are sitting in an office. Suddenly the door bursts open and a man comes in and he's extremely upset. He's shouting. He's carrying on about some crisis in finance. And the exec whose office it is says, James, James, please remember rule number six. So immediately James is restored to complete calm, walks peacefully out of the room. Then a young woman bursts in and she's hysterical. Her hair's flying all over the place. She's pacing. She's biting her nails. She's complaining loudly about some personnel emergency. The CEO says, Maria, please remember rule number six. Maria stops in her tracks and she smiles and she says, I'm so sorry. And she walks out. So the visiting executive, who's just incredulous, says to his colleague, I've just seen two people come into the room in a state of totally uncontrolled anxiety. And with one sentence from you, they walk out completely calmly. What the heck is this rule number six? And the other guy looks at him. He says, oh, yeah, rule number six. Very simple. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. And the visitor pauses and smiles. He says, oh, sure, it's a critical rule to remember. Um, But what are the other rules? And the other CEO says, there aren't any. Yeah. So, so we, uh, you, you, you have to suspend your ego. You have to get over yourself and to, you to show to, up in the world the way you need to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you have to look at the bigger picture yeah. because in the bigger picture, how much does this matter five years from now? Yeah. Um, that might even be a better punchline from my perspective to the story. Um, you know, how much will this matter five years from now? It's a great question. Uh, Steve, very simply, thank you so much for doing this show with me for all these years. Um, it, it would be uh, too simplistic to say that it's been a privilege, but it, it truly has been. I can't imagine uh, doing the show with anyone that would have been a better partner. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I've always, we've talked about this often, it, you know, we come in from a hard day and and into the studio and, you know, do we have the energy to do the show? And we always leave the show more energized than when we came in. Yep. Fortunately, um, you, uh, you and I are not going to, are saying, are not saying goodbye to each other. We're no. going to continue to work of course. with each other. So yeah. that makes it a little less yeah. sad. Um, and still, nobody's it's, dying. Uh, yeah, nobody's <laughs> dying. <laughs> and still it's the end of an era for us it in is. a way. Yeah. And those are always hard things to say goodbye to. So the boss show is produced by path forward leadership and our sound engineer is Kevin and Kevin's done a fantastic job. An amazing job. That's one of the saddest mm. things of leaving is, yeah. is losing him. Hey, don't forget you can get all our shows on the boss show.com in the future and we wish you the best and don't forget rule, rule number, number six, six.